Let's um, open our Bibles now and let's go to the book of 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4. <clears throat> we will continue the series that we have um, regarding the issues concerning the youth. This is now uh, part 5 of this series. Let's all stand, please. Let's all stand. Let's read this responsibly. I will read verse number, verse number 3 to begin with. And you respond verse number 4. In responsive reading, until we reach verse number 8. In verse number 8, we will read that together. Verse number 3 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the Bible says, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. <laughs> not in the last of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God, for God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness, together, verse number 8. He therefore that despises, despises not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. Our Father in heaven, once again, Lord, we ask you to please bless this passage of Scripture, bless your people. And Lord, I pray that um, your favor will always be upon us. And thank you for allowing us to gather here together and to understand, Lord, that your presence is here with us. As you said in your word, that we're two or three, we're gathered together in your name. There you are in the midst of them. Bless us, O God, this morning and give us joy, give us gladness, and give us victory. And I pray, O God, that um, your people also uh, will take this um, beautiful passage with us and the message uh, this morning um, to help us and to um, guide us in our um, every walk that um, we are going to take in this time. And help us, Lord, as adults, to be able to teach our um, youth, our young people, and the young children uh, how to walk also um, their life. And I pray, God, that uh, you bless uh, each one of us. Thank you, Lord, once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Issues concerning the youth. Again, our aim here is to give biblical answers to the problems that um, our youth have experienced, especially in their young life. <clears throat> we, we know that um, God is interested in the lives of the youth. So is Satan. Right. Yep. Yes. We cannot underestimate his interest in the in the life of the young people. While our God is very much um, concerned uh, of the uh, the way our generation right now live their lives, but again, we have an unchanging word of God that will teach them the right way, the, the right. Act. Satan is here and his work is only to destroy. His work is only to deceive and to, you know, um, to 
to, to destroy the lives of the young people. As John chapter 10, verse number 10 says, that the thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. God's desire is only to give life and not just, you know, uh, this, this physical life, but that abundant life. He wants to give abundant life to all of us. But again, here is a problem because each one will go through their youth. Each one will go through this stage of life. Youth is indeed a very crucial time in life. Because right there, things that will transpire there will affect the future of a person. That is why it is very important that our youth should be taught while growing up. Here are some of the issues that our youth experience in their lives. And many of them will fall if they will not um, take heed of what God has said in His Word. God has said in Psalm chapter 1, verse number 1 to 6, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law that he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but is like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Right there you see, because youth will go through this stage, and they have that innate need of acceptance. That innate need of acceptance is very, very crucial to them. That is why many of them will just do anything just to be a part of the group. Peer group acceptance is one of a, of a spiritual battle in the life of the youth. But God has said, reject, reject and avoid an ungodly peer group. If that peer group will cause you to sin against God, it's better to have no peer group. It's better to have no friends. If our friends will just lead us astray. And that is hard on the part of the youth because um, it's really difficult for them to stand against that because they need to be accepted. Another problem um, that we discussed already the previous weeks is that the young people, they have difficulty trusting God because they see the lives of faithful men and women. They, they see the lives of the faithful men and women who trust God and 
then they have a difficult life. They have suffered so much for their faith. That is why it's so hard for our young people to trust God with, the, with their future. Another uh, problem of the young people that uh, we looked at is the career to choose. They do not know what career to choose. But as for our um, perspective as a church, as a people of God, as, um, as um, servants of God, whatever career to choose, whatever career you are taking, you have to choose to be a soul winner. Wherever you are, whether you are uh, taking engineering course, whether you are taking nursing course, whether you're taking uh, a law or or, or uh, teaching, whatever course you are taking, you have to be a soul winner if you love God. Love the souls of men if you love God. And last week, I believe, we talked about this, the church to choose. Oh, that is the previous week. When, when young people will go to other places because of work or because they migrate to another uh, place or marry to and, and be in another place, most of the problem for Christians, they don't mind which church they go to. But, but for us here, I advise you, you know, you have to be very careful in, in uh, choosing your church. Choose a church that teaches the Bible as a final authority of faith and practice. Because that is, you know, um, you have less problem there. You have less problem in the church. But you will find that um, you will find the church in mostly in independent Baptist churches. That's why if I go to other place, I will make sure that I have a church to go to. When I was in Cebu, um, I had my business, I did my Sunday school, but there I cannot um, really, I will try my best not to take absences from church because I, I, I did my Sunday school. So, but if there were times that I have to be out of town, but the town that I'm going to, the place that I'm traveling to, I need to make sure that there is a church there that I can attend Sunday. So again, uh, that is advisable and uh, I advise also all of you, wherever you go, whatever place, make sure that there is a church. Right now we have so many churches already, unlike before, it's uh, very difficult. I talked to Pastor Ariel <coughs> yesterday and how we talked somehow about how we started our ministry and his was a little bit different. Similar, but uh, not exactly the same. Um, his pastor, he remembers that when you go to a place and you need to find a church, you need to find a church and join the church. If you cannot find a church, you start one. And that's what happened to Pastor Ariel in those times in Wellington. Um, he went to a church and had difficulty finding a church. Then he started one. And by the grace of God, he had a very um, vibrant, very uh, beautiful church by the grace of God in Wellington. And the same thing is true with our church. Um, we have a story also to tell about our beginning. 
our church, um, you know, uh, from from uh, a small group of people, and how the Lord, um, you know, being with us throughout these years. But this is very important as a young person. When you go to a place, choose the church. Importantly, um, a Bible-believing church. And again, last week, we talked about how to get on well with parents. This important relationship with parents. There were three re reasons why um, I, I, I talked to you about this last week. Three reasons uh, given why children should obey their parents. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 1 to 3, answer all these questions. For this is right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. When God said it is right, it is right. Your parents are not perfect, but to obey your parents is right. Your parents are not always holy, but to obey your parents is always right. And this is the commandment that has promise. The promise are the promises are that it may be well with thee. What does it mean? Is that when you obey your parents, it will be well with you. That means you will grow up well, you will study well, you will be married well, you will, you know, have your own family well. In other words, that is good because God will always be with you. You will be well. It may be well with thee. And the other promise is that, that thou mayest live long on the earth. God's promise is that you will have a long life if you obey your parents. If you love your parents, if you just respect, give reverence to your parents. If you just do that, if you do not, you know, uh, cause to, to, to hurt your parents, you will have um, a happy life and you will have a long life. I talked to you an example uh, last week that the Chinese people they did not believe in God that you know that we know. They do not believe the God of the Bible. They do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But the promise of Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 1 to 3 is not just for Christians. The unbelievers benefit, you know, they, they, they gain the benefit of practicing that. The Chinese people, they worship, we don't worship our parents, we don't worship our ancestors, but they worship their ancestors. They give reverence to their, you know, uh, forefathers. And they treated their forefathers as gods. With their reverence to their, to their parents, to their ancestors, the Lord blessed them with long life as a general, you know, uh, uh, lifespan of Chinese people. They have long life. Why is that? Because God honors His word. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is time. <clears throat> now, how can we get on 
well without parents. Partly I talk about that. He says to obey them. Obey them. Respect them. Love them. Because God loves us and He cares for us. God placed parents in our homes. God gives, God gives us homes or give, gives us parents as God's ordained representatives to provide us care, to provide us our need. So therefore, it is just but proper for all of us to obey and honor our parents. And for all children who obey and, and, and bless their parents, the Lord reward them. The Lord rewards those people who love their parents. Now, this morning, we are going to um, take a look farther of this particular aspect in the life of a young person that is very, very important and crucial in his or her life. And that is the things that are the matter of the heart. How to choose a life partner? Because, again, our, your spouse will either make you or break you. You cannot change spouse in the sight of God. And here is very, very crucial. You cannot commit mistake in that. Because once you sign that document, you sign your life away. And that is very serious. That is why when, when there is marriage or wedding, there is this series of counsel. Counsel after counsel after counsel after counsel. On top of the messages from the pulpit. On top from the messages from, you know, from the parents, uh, the usual talk with mother and daughter and father and daughter and father and son and mother and son. It's all like um, all the aspect there that needs to be uh, known uh, in order for a young person to be prepared for that big day. That is a very important, important day. Choosing a boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse. But again, I have a very uh, personal distaste of a worldly type of boyfriend and girlfriend relationship. Late, late in my Christian life, I realized that that is not really because boyfriend and girlfriend is just pattern um, to Hollywood and the worldly uh, things that are happening now. Boyfriend and girlfriend will just it's just like teaching divorce. You have a boyfriend. Later on, you you find out that. You don't click, then you move to another boyfriend. You have a girlfriend, the same thing, you don't like it, you move to another. 
So you are being conditioned to leave that relationship and find another. Then leave that relationship, find another. Leave that relationship, find another. When you get into marriage, find out that it's not going to work, find another. It is, a, you know, a conditioning to that kind of um, life, which is not really the will of God. So I encourage the young people, instead of praying for a boyfriend or girlfriend, stop praying. If you want to pray really, pray for a spouse. Pray to God, Lord. Because you, we, to, be, to have a boyfriend or to have a girlfriend is not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to have a happy married life. And it cannot be... Um, accomplished by a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It can only be accomplished by a spouse. So therefore, pray for a spouse rather than a boyfriend or girlfriend. But first of all, I want you to ask it from the Lord. Young people, you have to ask it from the Lord. Do not use your eyes and your carnal senses because if you use your eyes and you use your brain to choose a spouse, for sure you will, you will regret, or if not, you will find it that you are wrong in your own judgment. You have to ask the Lord, because without you knowing it, God has prepared someone for you. He already did, before you know it. Even before you were little, God is already preparing a person for you and that person will come into your life perhaps for a long time and then later on will be revealed by God and that is the one I prepared for you. If you use your eyes you will follow all these pretty girls, you will follow all these macho, these good looking guys and you will follow them and chase after them and you cannot see that person that God prepares for you. You must be watchful spiritually. I, I talked before, when, uh, back in the Philippines, I talked to the young people there during one of our lessons. I said, if you really want to uh, know what um, your, uh, the person that God prepares for you, close your eyes. You should not make, you know, uh, uh, the... What, what you perceive in your eyes is the one that God prepared for you. That is not the basis. You see, a lot of examples there, even in my own personal life, but again, uh, we, we cannot really linger there because um, there are good lessons to learn. We spent years and years and years and years and years chasing after this, you know, uh, people that we thought God's will for us. Only to find out that that's not. If you use your carnal senses, you will not be able to find God's choice for you. The key here, the key is Psalm chapter 37, verse 4. Psalm 37, <clears throat> verse 4. How to find that person that God prepares for you? That verse. Delight thyself also in the Lord, 
and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Your pastor doesn't know what's your desire in your heart. Parents maybe do not know what you desire in your heart. Your siblings may not know what you desire in your heart. But God knows what you desire. Amen. In order for you to have that desire in your heart, delight is Please God. Just please God. And He will take care of that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all, including, you know, a godly spouse, including a happy home, including, you know, material blessing, including, you know, a, a perfect place to live, including a workplace to work, including the old environment. God said, all shall be added unto you. You don't have to work it out one by one so, so that you will be accomplished, you will be satisfied, you will be a happy person. No, you cannot. You cannot provide your own happiness. God can provide it for you. If you are here, you are an unmarried person today and most likely, you do not know yet who that person is that you are going to marry. But here is what every concerned pastor's advice to young people. First, you have to make a list of what you should look in a life partner. You know, make a list. Listen, without using your eyes on this particular person, but make a list in your mind or make a list really, uh, write it down. And these are basic. Probably, uh, all Christian homes, all godly parents, all godly mothers should teach their children to consider this list. <clears throat> Although at the end, it's still the Lord. Because you see the examples there. Uh, in the Bible, you see Abraham. Abraham asked Eliezer, his uh, servant in the house. He sent Eliezer to go into uh, the nativity of his parents, parents' parents' home, to find a wife for uh, for Isaac, and there was Rebecca. And Isaac did not, you know, did not have a chance of talking to Rebecca ever before their meeting, before their wedding. He did not have a chance of maybe uh, uh, writing letters, nothing. It just came. Because Abraham knew that his family is really godly, so therefore the children are, are taught in a godly way. He doesn't want Isaac to be married to the people in the land where they do not know God. They do not worship God and they have no affections about God. So he wants, he wants his um, son, Isaac, to be married to these people that he knows, that they are trained and they are taught and they are, you know, inculcated in their minds and heart to love God. And that is every godly parent wants in their children. That's what I want in my children. That's what you want in your children. For your children to be married to those people who love God. 
Another example is um, Jacob. Jacob was sent by by Rebecca to go again to um, his his brother Laban uh, family because Rebecca was worried about the Canaanite woman, <coughs> the Canaanite women, whom his other son Esau married. She did not like it. She doesn't want to uh, um, uh, Jacob to marry the people from uh, women from Canaan. So that was one purpose. It, uh, the other purpose is to escape from the wrath of Esau. But the real purpose there is for Jacob to be married to a person that loved the Lord. That uh, not really loved the Lord, but at least they know uh, the family. Uh, they are brought up, you know, different from the world. And again, you see that there's also, again, while you have all this list, there can be also different way that the Lord, in the end, will lead you. Because you also see the story of, um, you know, the, the prostitute, the wife of Hosea. God places in the heart of Hosea to love. What's the name of that woman? Gomer. She was a prostitute and yet Gomer loved that woman. Whatever happens, she was sold in the market. You know, um, Gomer, I mean, Hosea took her, bought her back. God allowed it because that is the picture of Israel. You know, doing a whoredom, doing uh, bad things in the sight of God, and God still loved Israel. They serve other God, just like Gomer were sleeping with many men. But Hosea kept on chasing after after her. The same as God chasing after Israel. Israel served other gods, then God chased after Israel. So that is maybe an um, exception because but again at the end of the day it is the Lord that will give you your spouse Amen. and for the men God said he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor from the Lord but here is the list the first in your list must be first and foremost that person must be saved saved I'm not saying that just ordinary Christian, when you say, oh, they are Christian family. No, no. That is not, you know, uh, uh, enough. Just to be a Christian is not enough. <coughs> that person must not just be ordinary Christian, but that person, and you must make sure that that person is a child of God. You must know that that person is a child of God. And another thing that you put in the list is that that person must have a heart for souls. When that person has a heart for souls, he has a heart for God, that person will be afraid to do any, anything bad with or without people looking at him or looking at her. Because he, is, um, he fears God, he will do the right thing. He will not just do foolish things because no one is looking around. 
Because if you see a person like that, if the spouse is around, he will be good. But if the spouse is not around, then he will play around. But if the person loves God, he has the fear of God in his heart, ah, that person is, you know, oh, I believe that is every, every spouse's um, uh, desire to have a very uh, honest and uh, very uh, fearful um, spouse. Fearful in the sense that he, he is fearful to God. He doesn't want to commit sin. Another thing in the list, you should put there that that person should be sound in doctrine because if that person has a wacky doctrine, uh, you will not have um, harmony in the home. That person will criticize your King James Bible. <laughs> that person will criticize your commitment to the church because he has a wacky doctrine. Uh, he may he may believe that Satan and Jesus Christ are brothers. I'm talking about the uh, Latter Day Saints, the Mormons. What can we do? Oh, they are Christians. No, that is why Christians is not enough. Because there are Christians who believe that that Jesus Christ and 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 Lucifer are brothers. So that's just one, but there's so many. Sound in doctrine. He's loyal to a fundamental biblical church. And also, that person love and respect their parents. Because if that person does not respect, does not love parents, give me good reason why he, he will love you. Give me good reason why he will respect you. If that person does not respect you. And that person put in the list dress modestly. That person should dress modestly. Not showing lots of skins. We don't need that. That person also should respect their pastor. If that person shows disrespect to pastors, that's a red flag. If that person does not respect parents, that's a red flag. You have to find it out. That person also should not be soon angry. Because the Bible says, Make no friendship with an angry man, lest thou learn his ways, and get a snare to thy soul. You keep on fighting, and he or she will always get angry, you will always have a fight. Another thing that you put in the list is that that person should be patient. Patient. That means you can test that. Make that person wait and see if you can wait. Because if the person cannot wait, what will happen if you need to travel? And you will be away for three months. And that person has a need and cannot wait for you. Cannot wait for you. Then he will go for another. Because he could not wait. But be patient. 
Another thing that he put in the list is that that person must be wise. Has wisdom from the Lord, loving the Bible, loving God, and wanting to serve God. He has a desire to serve God. He will not like put off anything about God or Bible study. Oh, no, we just come next week. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe not today. Uh, okay, midweek we will come. You should you should look at this person like that. You must have a desire to serve God. And that person must be hard worker. Hard worker. You know what, young people, you have all this in your hand. You have this in your hand. You can you can choose. You have you have the ability to choose who among these people um, have this list. But the problem is sometimes because your because of your um, attraction, physical attraction, sometimes it blinds you of all the good traits because you fall in love with a very you know the twinkly eyes you cannot resist that nice flowing hair and and that nice skin. Uh, those things will go. Those things that you look at the woman or look at the man, those six packs <laughs> will go. <laughs> they will not stay. The problem if you are attracted to, to a person because he has that, and time will come that that will go, and then you look to the next person next to him, He's got that. <laughs> you love this person because he's got six packs. And time came that it's gone. And then you look to the right. Oh, he's got that. <laughs> Can you say to this bye-bye? No. Do not base. Do not base in that. You will be very wrong if you base your choosing of a life partner in that physical appearance. That is why 98% of Hollywood marriages fail. Because they have all this, you know, all these temporal things. And there's one thing that's really uh, difficult for many. Do not let physical attraction blind you to the lack of other important qualities in a person. Remember that you are going to marry the brains as well as their bodies. The spirit and the soul there. You must know the inner, the inner most part of that person. When you are married, that person that you are that you married to, his or her problems will become your problem. If you marry a godly person, at least that person will not put all your problems upon your shoulder, but that person, because he loves the Lord, he will put all his or her problems to the Lord. 
You also have your own problem that you have to give to the Lord. So both of you will give your problems to the Lord rather than put the problems upon each other. If you fight and argue a lot before you marry, you are sure to fight and argue a lot more after you are married. So just take a look at these things, um, those particular aspects of choosing spouse. And again, build, build the spiritual side of your relationship. Build that spiritual side. And, and again, it, it needs to be built first as you both serve God. Both of you should serve God. And then uh, together in Bible studies and, and learn issues there. Learn because sooner or later you will use that knowledge that you have to teach your children so that your children will not go astray. If, especially when you go to another place and then live there and you have no place to go in a church or something, you must know the Bible. Then develop that understanding or communication and, and, and as you go without interference of the physical side of relationship. Because most of the time, the physical side is very strong that you will not think about any spiritual thing. You will not think about God as long as you can touch the hand of that person. As long as you can caress that person. And again, if your relationship is like that, if the, you know, the physical side will be nourished first, the spiritual side will just die out. And once it happens, if you allow the physical side to develop during the courtship and you have that um, sexual relationship before, before marriage, my friend, that act, it tends to hinder the growth of the spiritual and communication aspects of your relationship. Which so often leads to breaking up your relationship or divorce because that is a relationship that is based solely on physical attraction. That is why this is the, the most, you know, common failure. Because it's normal to us to get attracted to, uh, you know, the, those um, uh, things that are beautiful in our eyes. And sometimes that will override sometimes that will blind anything else whatever happens that person a, a girl praying for um, a boyfriend but she's a Christian she asked God Lord please I, I trust in your uh, choosing I will just uh, rely on you Lord I want a boyfriend if you have a hard time here's a picture she relies on the Lord she relies on the Lord but she has already someone there that she wants the Lord to consider my friend this is a very serious um, event choosing a life partner again I will say this that your spouse is, will either make you or break you 
You cannot commit mistake in that. Make sure that that is the person that God wants you to marry. Because there is no way that you will be happy if that is wrong. There is no way. And we want you to be happy. Me as a pastor, I really want you to be happy. I want I want all my children to be happy in their in their um, married life. Um, I want all the children here in our church to grow up and then to uh, prepare themselves. I want even the children at young as eight maybe or nine or ten to pray. Pray for that person that God prepared for them that they will meet in the future. Pray. Say to the Lord, Lord, um, I know that you are going to prepare someone for me. Please, Lord, uh, keep keep him or keep her safe. Help, help them in their, in, their, in their families, in their in their home. You do not know. I met Jinky when I was already 27 years old. For the first time. And imagine how many girls I met before that. <laughs> you see, you cannot really tell. Jinky also met me when she was already 24 years old. How many how many boys you know she met in her life before that? That is why you cannot really tell. Who's going to be your spouse? God knows it. But because only God knows it, the best way, please the Lord. The Bible says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and He will give thee the desires of thy heart. Now, I have no time, but next week, Lord willing, I will continue with this. But the lesson will be, we will circumvent our lesson about how to court Biblically. And why we reject sexual relationship before marriage? Why we reject intimate touching before marriage? I think uh, uh, this is this is really important also for uh, especially for our young children, young people. That there is reason to that. There is reason why we need to do that. Uh, because so many relationships were broken, so many relationships, so many hearts shattered, so many dreams shattered, so many lives taken because of wrong relationship. Let's um, close down our prayer. Our Father in heaven, Lord, um, thank you for this morning. Lord, as much as it is our desire that our young people will live well and then they will grow well and then they will marry well. But oh God, our, the things that we can do here in the pulpit is just advisory. We cannot force these people, Lord, to do the right thing. The decision is theirs. Lord, it is my prayer, therefore, that you will touch the heart of these people that they will follow your way. Because your way is a tested way. And your way is a perfect way. And if they will find that, Lord, 
if they will um, obey that, they will end up happy in the relationship. And that is what we want in them. And I pray, Lord, that um, you will just um, speak uh, to these young people and even to the parents that they also should involve themselves in the decision making of their children, not leaving them to make their own decisions uh, of who to choose for their life partner because the relationship of our children can affect um, the parents as well. And then therefore, Lord, please uh, give wisdom to our children that they will listen to the biblical principles of courtship and avoid and avoid themselves from taking steps that will make them go astray or uh, that will hurt them in the end. And with that, uh, we will have um, an example of um, successful relationship that we can showcase unto the next generation of us. And as we desire, Lord, that our children will grow up well and marry well, uh, please, Lord, allow that the hearts of our children also uh, will be um, soft to receive the instruction. Because right now, Lord, the children are so hard and they don't listen only to find out in the end that they are wrong but the damage has already been done and the life has already been broken and shattered while they are young Lord I pray that you will take heed and listen to the godly instruction of course bless Lord our church bless our young people bless the leaders that we place on the young um, youth program and our young professionals, the ladies group, the men's meeting, and uh, the Bible study group, Lord, I pray that your hand will always be upon these ministries, and that you will um, help all of us with that. And live honestly, live with integrity, and live that is uh, a life that is pleasing in your life. Bless all of us once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's a um, final